Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another podcast episode here on Sticks and Bones by Evoking with your ghost host, Chelsea and Ten. Hey, Ten. Hello. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I mean, I just spoke to you like a few hours ago. We just got wrapped up filming for our Patreon, our Sticks and Bones Patreon. We filmed a podcast episode this morning. So this is our second podcast of the day. We're just rolling. (laughs) Oh, my God. We are just rolling. It's been it's been a wild ride, but you know. The world, the work never stops. No, we're just rolling. I feel like when you have energy and you're excited to do something, you need to like capitalize on it. And, um, I feel like it's been a while since we've been like excited to do something. So, um, we're really excited about our new podcast. We just opened for those of you that are listening, we just opened up a new Patreon for sticks and bones, um, where we are giving like exclusive, um, podcasts every month. So you get one episode with video Ted and I just recorded one and it was so funny. Um, we talked about, it'll be available this week. Um, well, it'll be available by the time you're listening to this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I have to remember like this is being posted like a week in advance, but we just talked about, um, spirituality, a little bit of introduction to who we are. Um, we talked about our worst dating stories, which so funny, also so tragic, um, with our exes terrible. Um, what else did we talk about? Oh, who we we would want to interview, um, spiritually, which if you follow me, you know, you know who I probably said, um, and our favorite part about our path. So we did do a little bit of Q and a with each other. We are encouraging our Patreon members to answer. And we also did a reading for July. So we did do a like huge tarot reading for the energy. Um, so that's available on Patreon now. So if you're interested, the links in our bio and that's basically it. Oh, 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 this is really important. Big news coming at you. Big time news. I wonder if I can get that to play before this we have breaking news ladies and gentlemen we have breaking news um so i monitor our podcast analytics and obviously we've been taking off which i am so humbled and grateful for every single time but i did get an email saying that ted and i are number 87 in the united states for spiritual podcasts which is a big deal considering i looked and there's thousands of spiritual podcasts thousands of them there's so many and like it's it's insane to be even in the top 100 like i number 87 spirituality so it was (laughs) it was a truly um fascinating thing that landed in my inbox and i was like 87 like we just started in march so thank you everyone for supporting us for listening to us um i know everyone loves the mythological podcast so we're really excited um but 10, I really think we should just dive into it because this is like your, yeah. But I mean, we might be 87 here, but to our listeners in and abroad, thank you again, because we also got crazy emails from Israel and Belgium. Oh yeah. We are number seven in Israel and number five in Belgium. What? So shout out to you guys. Like shout out to Belgium. <laughs> I love Belgian chocolate or is it? Yeah. It's Belgium chocolate, right? Yeah. I cannot confirm nor deny. Yeah, no, it is. Than- I, I've passed through Belgium one day when I was, um, on my way from Amsterdam to France, I went through Belgium and I wanted to get off so badly, but I didn't, I didn't have time to do that. So one day I'll come visit, but shout out to Belgium. Um, carrying the team, carrying the team. Um, but okay. Today we are actually going to be talking about 
a long awaited, I don't, we got so many requests for this one, plus something, a few things landed in our lap where it was like, okay, now we need to talk about this. Um, oh, yeah. We are doing a podcast today on Persephone. Now, so many people have been asking us to do a podcast on Persephone, but also we've been getting sent a ton of misinformation about Persephone that people are finding on the internet. I normally don't look at like what people send me, but some of it's just been like outrageous. It's, it's been DMS on TikTok. It's been DMS on my Instagram. It's been emails to evoking and to our business accounts. Like it's insane. Like we know you guys love Persephone and like are going out to bat for her. But like, I think that this was kind of like the nail in the coffin of like, okay, we need, this is time for Persephone. It was. And, um, all I'm going to say is for this one, just be careful with the information. Once again, that you consume on the internet, not everything that you see is correct. Just because someone has a huge following, it doesn't mean they're giving correct information. Um, we actually found out that someone cited a sorted of, because when someone sends us something that's misinformation, we, we automatically go and check to see where it's from. Um, and someone actually copy and pasted a Facebook post and tried to pass it off as like legit information. So mm -hmm. just be careful. Um, you know, we're not here to bash anybody, but you have to do your yeah. due diligence when you're consuming information on the internet around. Mm -hmm. So I had a few people that were like concerned. They were like, I've never heard of this before. And I'm like, okay, like we're going to do some research around we'll, it. We'll, we'll do, we'll do it. Yeah. And cause I was, I was talking to Chelsea, of course, before this was, we started filming and I was just like, how do we start? And like, we can dive into, you know, some, some representations of Persephone now in the modern world. Um, probably at the end, we can use that to like wrap up, like fun fact, you can actually see her and Demeter in uh, Hercules. Um, so we can talk about all kinds of fun stuff like that. We can go on another lower Olympus rant. We can just sum summarize everything at the end. But I think that the, we have two big misconceptions coming at you hot today and um, fair warning. Uh, I might sound like a PBS special coming at this because uh, this is my specialty and I teach about this not only online to you guys at a university, but like I'm getting my PhD in this kind of stuff. So um, so we have two, we'll call them case studies, right? Let's let let's approach this academically as a case study, right? Well, before we start, before you start, I just want to say one thing we're not addressing is Hades and Persephone together as a relationship. I'm so tired of talking about <laughs> Hades and Persephone and their relationship. Like, I feel like everyone knows that story. So we're not, we're like, I feel like we're doing this the same way we did with Hakate, where we didn't talk about what everyone talks about, about Hakate. We talked about the misconceptions <laughs> about her. So this yeah. is going to be the same thing where we're Ten's going to be talking about, this is like, I'm giving her the soapbox today. Cause this is like her like white whale right now. She's like, I need to set the record straight. <laughs> um, yeah. And because of, you know, if you're interested, look at the Hemp's demeanor, look at the Hades podcast. Like we're not going to go into it. We're not going to, you know, read the mythology verbatim into our podcast. That's not who we are. We are going to critically think and address certain things that are going to be coming out right now. But if you are interested, I would say, you know, check out those earlier podcasts or even of course the Homeric hymn to demeanor. Um, anything else before I just kind of like black out into academic ranting? No, I mean, I think that's it. Um, I think you, you hit it perfectly. Like we really want to talk about the misconceptions because Persephone is really well documented and everyone really knows her story. She is the um, queen of the underworld, also the goddess of spring. So she does have very different aspects. She's also has a 
few others depending on the epitaph. So I really think you you just go into your case study. Like <laughs> which one which one should we start with? Because we had a few and we're picking some, we're picking two of the biggest ones that people were heavily concerned about. Well, I think we should talk about the um the mistranslation with the Facebook post first. Okay. So um we had gotten um emails that included screenshots um, about this case and we want to set the record straight. So a lot of times you see on social media, anytime, you know, people are, you know, posting about myths. Great. Right. It's giving light to the old gods. Fantastic. And like anything, mythology is going to have bias. What else does mythology, you know, suffer from? mistranslations unfortunately um i mean the bible does too like nobody is immune to mistranslations unfortunately it's just it's the name of the game um linguistics change just throughout civilizations and that's okay so this one um actually came from a roman author um and since i teach pagan roman art history i went and did some due diligence did some you know research on it. The first thing to come up is a Facebook post uh, from 2015. So immediately from the screenshots, I was able to clearly and concisely see that it was a copy and paste. So kind of in my book, strike one for not doing your own research, putting it in your own words, that's, that's straight up plagiarism. Mm -hmm. And you can't get, you know, charged and go to jail for plagiarism but it can really affect your kind of record and stuff um I have a whole powerpoint on it for my students but you know it's it's not a good look to plagiarize right and if you do just cite your sources but you can't cite Facebook because Facebook's not a reliable source oh god no so, oh my god. I just think of like boomers and moms and political yeah. content on Facebook like that's all I think like, about when I think of Facebook. you can't get your you can't I'm sorry I hate to break it to people you can't get your doctorate degree from Facebook sorry no oh god that's the most <laughs> toxic place ever I really can't even with Facebook <laughs> but carry on so I looked at that I saw the Facebook post from a spiritual group I think from 2015 it was it was giving Tumblr vibes. And I was a just lot like, of people do do that. Like they do cite Tumblr and things like that. And that's not to say the information they're giving is incorrect, but you just can't, you know, cause, Tumblr. cause some stuff from Tumblr, if it has proper citations can be traced back and found properly. Right. But right. I, I saw the author, the Roman author, the date, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, so we're coming at it from a Roman author from about the second century CE. So we're already a few hundred years out from the, you know, worship at Eleusis. Persephone has already been documented. And I actually found the original text, um, the primary document. So if you can try and find the primary documents that this is coming from, and if it's in another language, whip out Google um, translation. It is going to be kind of the easiest thing to do unless you like want to whip out like a dictionary with, you know, another language. Um, but this was originally written in Latin and I did come to find that it is completely um, just wrong um, because this individual actually superimposed and the individual I'm talking about is the one from 2015. This individual actually superimposed Greek divinities where Roman divinities should be. So they basically took Greek divinities and, and swapped out the Roman ones to, to fit a story. Yeah. So, so you know how like 
and I'm sure the listeners out there, you guys can understand, like Zeus is counterpart is Jupiter in the Roman pantheon. Um, Hades counterpart is Pluto. I don't think they know this. So I think this is where we need to touch upon, you know, I I think like give a brief synopsis of like, Hades does have a counterpart in Rome. It's called, he's called Pluton, Pluto. Um, Aphrodite, Venus. Um, so they were worshiping a lot of the same gods and some of the gods were those actual Greek divinities, but some of them were worshiped in very different ways. Like we don't equate Mm -hmm. to Jupiter. Like we, they're, they're very different. No, very different deities and a little sidebar. Um, Zeus in the Greek pantheon is king of the gods and he has, you know, agricultural storm powers, um, fertility, all that kind of stuff. And you actually look at Jupiter. He's not a sky god, actually. Um, he is very similar to Zeus, but the difference is he, or I'm sorry, I'm misspeaking. He is a, a sky divinity, but he actually never leaves like Mount Olympus area. Um, whereas Zeus comes down all the time because he has mortal lovers. Um, but Jupiter, not so much. They're very different. And that is because of syncretism, because the early Roman people and the people before the Romans, the Etruscans, are seeing what's going on around their world. They're picking things up from the Greeks. They're picking things up from, you know, the Eastern Mediterranean. And they're saying, you know what? We like this. This helps us make sense of our own world, but they're going to be very different. So while a lot of people want to say Aphrodite is Venus, yes, they do share a lot of, you know, aspects being goddesses of love, that kind of stuff, but they are also two separate divinities. Absolutely. And I would just say, you know, we're not going to go into it too much because we do need to get into the Persephone Porsepina situation here. Um, yeah. if, you are, if you are studying Greek divinities, I highly suggest you study their Roman counterparts as well. And just understand the differences and nuances in their stories, um, how they might've been worshiped because they are two separate deities, but some of them share the same story. So just be careful. Um, Roman Greek, they're very, they were taking from each other. So just, yeah, just, yeah, just, just, just make sure. And if you have to do a quick Google search to be like, oh, that's who they are, or, oh, there's that. Um, that's okay. Like, are you kidding? The amount of times that I have to look up stuff still, like, don't worry about it. It's okay. Nobody's going to hold it over your head because again, you're doing your due diligence, but let's discuss who, um, who was superimposed. So I went to the original source and the summation of the story was that Persephone actually created alongside of Zeus and Gaia, the first humans, and that there was this postulation made that Persephone predates Hades. So that part kind of goes into the second case study, but there's the story where Gaia, Zeus, and Persephone are kind of the big three mm-hmm. in terms of creating humankind. But if you look at the original text, you will notice those are not the gods that they are talking about. And there's a lot of, a lot of discussion about, you know, who is who. And I think the biggest one that scholars are having issues with, you know, personally equating is, is Gaia, um, the Greek equivalent to the Roman goddess Terra Mater, which is mother earth. Um, so they can be the same, but they also can just share qualities, but be two separate deities. Right. 
So you can't just interchangeably use their names is basically what we're saying. Even exactly. like Hades and Pluto, you can't just interchangeably swipe their names out and decide that's the story because they're still two <laughs> separate deities. So that's basically what we're getting at here is that um, someone gave information where they were giving Greek divinity names instead of Roman ones and saying, this is Persephone's story. And she actually predates Hades. And that's not true at all. Um, and that's not true. Second case, which we'll get <laughs> plus, to plus in this story, the wrong gods are used. So where this individual is saying, oh, Persephone, you know, was the goddess who created mankind from clay. The goddess who is actually named in the Latin text is the goddess Cura. And Cura is actually a Roman goddess who really is the personification of care or concern. And she is the one, you know, attributed with creating mankind. So in Greek mythology, it might be, you know, a little bit different, but this is Roman mythology, very different. They are going to have their own origin stories. Right. So we have the goddess Kira. So not Persephone. So jot that down. And then the second one is Zeus. The Roman translation is Jove. Jove is another name for Jupiter. Mm -hmm. So again, similar to Zeus, but it is for the god Jupiter. Yeah, it's not again, Zeus. Not the same. And then at the end, we have <clears throat> we have the goddess um Tellus, who does have Roman ties to Terra Mater. Um, and this is where things get tricky in the archaeological record, in the historical record, in the historical record, just in general, is there's epithets of divinities and they go by different names at certain time periods. But Talus does, you know, is representative of Mother Earth in this case. And then of course, Saturn is mentioned. And if there's one thing I can tell you guys about the Roman pantheon is that they use a lot of planetary names. They do. So, like Hermes, Mercury. I know that. Exactly. Like, yes. Exactly. And that's a great example. And um, Saturn is the Roman equivalent to Kronos. Right. who is the god of time, you know, the Olympian's father. So he's mentioned, but it's Saturn and Saturn has a different story than Kronos does. So you can't superimpose mythology with different divinities to fit your narrative. Unfortunately, that can't be done because if you do that, you are essentially washing away these people's mythologies, religious practices. Yeah. If you're erasing our culture. Yeah. And you can't do that. And if you are going to post something, double check, double check, double check. I mean, as an academic myself, I have been wrong plenty oh, yeah. and that's how you learn. Um, nobody's immune to being wrong, but you can't go out there and say, this is this without actually spending some time and doing research on it. And I'm not saying you have to go out and, you know, get a degree or write an article in this. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, spend a little extra time, go to the source and a great site where you can actually get a lot of ancient texts um, uh, translated is actually um, Topos text. And it's a Greek foundation that has partnered with a, a lot of different governments to translate and preserve ancient texts. Yeah. And this and is free. Like, 
like, I want to go back to your point of like, it is erasing somebody's culture. So you can't just like, I'm going to reiterate again. You can't just take Greek gods and Roman gods and swap them out and make them fit certain stories while they do have similarities. A lot of them have similarities like Hades and Pluto have very, they're very similar beings, but they're still different deities. So you can't say they are the same. They are equal. They're different. They could have been worshiped differently. Um, if you study that. So it's like, you, you can't just be out here saying that kind of stuff. No. And I think a a good starting point for anybody introductory level of mythology is yes, it's, it's a lot easier for your mind to kind of process like, Oh, Hades and Pluto are similar. Okay. Like I got that down, like Mercury and Hermes. Perfect. That's a great starting point. That's a great foundation. But after that, you have to understand that there are going to be very big and broad differences and their names cannot be interchanged unfortunately no they they cannot be um and it's okay like if you work with them or you can worship both but just know you're worshiping two different divinities Mm -hmm. and if we look at the goddess um curious it's really interesting because she actually is i'm sorry kura she is the one who is termed with creating human beings. So not only are you kind of imposing and superimposing other divinities in, but you're kind of erasing mythology to somebody who did this task, you know? Right. And that's not to say that, oh, that divinity is like blah, blah, blah. No, Persephone has her own mythology. Persephone has her own mystery religion with her mother. Persephone is so well-documented and we don't need to superimpose deities onto other histories to fit some sort of narrative. And that's the narrative that I don't really understand. And I don't know if it's because Persephone's name, along with Hades and a few other divinities, are kind of big on the internet right now. They like, are. They're huge. I mean, our Hades podcast blew up. And, and that's why we did it, honestly, is because... Honestly, Ted and I look at, and I'll tell you this, honestly, what is trending on the internet in terms of talking and we're seeing what's being said. And we're just here to like debunk a lot of the misinformation and to give you like actual sources. Like 10 just gave you an actual free resource. I'm also learning in this podcast as well. Like I know about Hades and Persephone, but I'm not versatile as much as I would like to be in the Roman pantheon. So I'm also learning too, but I, I, I knew for a fact, she didn't like predate Hades. I'm like, how is that? She's a classical Greek deity. How is she predating Hades? Yeah. Also, that's like, how is that? <clears throat> so it, it just doesn't make sense. But, and if you see something like this and you're like, huh, that's interesting. Definitely. Um, if you have a chance, if you're able to, you know, type in a few of those words, if they give an author, you know, that's great. Kind of look into that. And if you don't have um, you know, access to it because it's like an academic journal or something, you know, shoot us a message or something and we can check it out. Like I'm ready to just be like debunking mythology, like nonsense, like, yeah, (laughs) go into the, the second piece of this, because I think this happened to me. Like I've posted something about Persephone and then someone tried to tell me they were a, that Persephone was a Mycenaean divinity. And I was like, no, Persephone exists in classical ancient Greece. You can take her and make her a deity that's like primordial. And she's existed since the beginning of time. That's not Persephone. I'm talking about Persephone, Queen Persephone. Yes. Queen Persephone. So I I know you want to get on your soapbox about this one because (laughs) I know you were getting so pissed at this. Like that someone was coming at me for being like, she's a Mycenaean divinity. It's like, it's not, that's not actually factually historically correct. 
when that happened, I looked at Chelsea and I was like, tag me in coach. Like, let me go. Like, this is the, I specialize late bronze age archeology span and art history. And my scene, um, is very well documented. Unfortunately, it was dug by Schleiman, which we can go on to another. Well, hold podcast on, hold on. I want to say one more thing before you you get on your soapbox. This is why we don't yell at people on the internet. We're not going to go out there and start yelling at people, fighting with people. Like this is our podcast. This is what we do. We, this is where we get to do sound off and be like, this is why we started it to be like, oh my god, did you see this thing today? It's just absolutely wild. Like why why are people saying these things? To give our thoughts, to give you actual factual evidence um, of two people who do research this type of stuff, who do work with these deities, um, and making sure their culture and history is not is not getting erased or superimposed on top of each other so this is why we have a podcast <laughs> we have a podcast but again we're not i i'd like to think we're not attacking like we're truly leading with re-education oh no 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 attacking would be like listing names <clears throat> of people and being like get them but that's that's crazy yeah, no 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 that's so gross no Never people on the internet that's weird no that's weird plus it's like you know what you're coming here to learn you're coming here to have fun um but yes, let's, we're having let's a good discuss, time. let's discuss the second case study, oh, which wow. was Persephone predates Hades and is a Mycenaean goddess. Okay. So well, a little background. Mycenae was a flourishing city in the bronze age and it is on mainland Greece. So it is going to be on the same, you know, land as Athens. It's not an island. It's not, you know, Santorini. It's not on Crete. It is on the mainland of Greece. It is in the Peloponnese area. And Mycenae was dug in the late 19th century. And there's a great number of, you know, academic journals about it. Um, If you are interested, I highly recommend, you know, any of the books done by George Milonas. He dug up Grave Circle B, in the early 20th century. And it's a really great, you know, subject about burials and what these people were doing. Um, But there's a lot of stuff going on at this site. So this site is one of like a big palatial site. So it means it has a palace, right? There's definitely a a ruling class here. And we know, so we know that there's a ruling class because palatial palatial palace, like like Um, five. So palatial means that we have a palace structure. We actually, at one point, had the throne of this palace, but I believe the throne actually fell off the side of the cliff it was built on um, because the early archaeologists like used like dynamite to dig. Um, but anyway, um, you can tell that there's a ruling elite class because of the burials. And if you look at the burials of Grave Circle A, you are going to find that there's a lot of gold. There's a whole lot of riches in here. So already there's a ruling elite going on. There's what we believe to be a religious building. And as an archaeologist, the joke always goes, if you don't know what it is, it's religious. But we do have a few fresco paintings that are preserved. So a lot of people, other than including this person who commented that she's a Mycenaean goddess, a lot of people want to believe that because they want to believe that a lot of the Olympian gods have roots in the Bronze Age, have roots in the Neolithic Age. And quick timeline for you. Neolithic means new stone. It's the Stone Age, meaning everybody is using stone for tools, weapons, that kind of stuff. After that comes the Calcolithic period. It means you're using copper. Then you get into the Bronze Age, meaning you're using bronze. So a lot of people want to say, my God, is this old? And this is how I know. Okay, that's fine. But let's look at the evidence. 
There is no evidence in linear B script to support that Persephone is named. And linear B is the only um, script that has been, you know, broken in the sense that we can now translate it. Linear A is older and we don't know what it means. What is, so, what, you say linear A and cause you're losing me now. What is linear A and linear B script? Where, where is this coming from? The linear A and linear B, linear A being the older, um, is coming from the uh, Greek area. So from the Aegean area, you see it in a lot of sites like Knossos. Uh, you see it on uh, Crete. So the Minoans are using it. And then the Mycenaeans take that and they develop their own writing system. So this so is a it's, language. It's a form of writing. It's a language. It's a language. It's a okay, writing I'm not system. here thinking it's an actual script, like the Elder Scrolls that you're opening up and you're reading. Like, this is what <laughs> I'm thinking. in my head. I'm like, what is this? Please, please, please stop me. Like, this so is I where am. I'm like, I apologize for the PBS special. I am the podcast happening. listener. I am like, linear B script, linear B, linear B. Is it a scroll? <laughs> linear linear scroll done so it, it is a it's a type of writing and a lot of the texts that remain actually come from the palatial sites because that is where kings lords high-ranking officials kept count of who owed somebody sheep who was paying taxes blah 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 so we have that going we don't know what linear a is but linear b has been translated so and this script this b script has been translated this is one. Yes, it is. the. Okay. It's translated. Not a hundred percent. Like there are linguists still working on this. Yeah. Tens, but, tens giving you the case study. I'm going to explain it to the audience. Like we're five because I'm just like, oh, thank hey, you. I got thank you. you. <laughs> so linear B Mycenae has tablets as does the great palatial site of Pylos. Okay. Um, they all have, you know, some documentation of Joe Schmo paid taxes. Great. We need to allot so much oil for the temple. Okay. It's stuff like that. But in some of the texts, we do actually find perhaps some early evidence of some later Olympian deities. And those deities include an early form of Zeus, an early form of an early form of Poseidon. Dionysus is named as such. Okay. So we this, do this might be a, a weird question. Do the no weird questions come before or after the people of Greece? Great question. I'll give you a timeline. Okay. Cause I think that's so, where I'm like getting confused because I'm like, you're finding the Olympians, but was Greece already here or are they so Greece, at the same time? So Greece as a land has been there. Well, I mean like but, the Greeks. Yeah. So let's start. Um, let's start the year. Let's start at Jesus Christ. Okay. So that's 33 CE is his death. You go to 333 BCE, that's Alexander the Great. Mm -hmm. So he's a Macedonian. You go to 400 and uh, the mid 400s BCE. You have the Peloponnesian War. You have the Parthenon being built in Athens, right? So then you get to 800 BCE. That is the archaic age. That is the end of the dark ages. So 800 is around the time of Homer writing the Iliad and the Odyssey. Got it. So 800 to about 1100 BCE. So 1100 to 800 BCE is the dark ages of Greece. Okay. Because that is after the bronze age collapses. 
And then the Bronze Age is about 3000 to 1100 BCE. So where are the Mycenaeans so, falling in? They're falling into the Bronze Age. So they are, people can trace lineage to the Mycenaeans from the classical Greeks, but they are the earlier peoples, much how the Etruscans were earlier than the Romans. Okay. So the Mycenaeans are coming before the ancient Greeks. Yes, they are by okay. a good amount of time. So, so you're saying, and to sum this up now that we got the time, Mycenaeans are about a thousand years. They're about a thousand years earlier than classical Greece. Okay. So you're saying that they actually found evidence of a divinity that represents an earlier Zeus, but is it Zeus? And is it actually Zeus in the text? I don't know. And that's the thing that so many people want to latch on is it says Zeus, it says Dionysus, but it, doesn't. it says it does. But is that the same divinity? Were they worshiped that way? Okay. So you're trying to say, this is how I'm equating it. It's like, it's like Jupiter. It's like, yeah, that is the same story as Zeus, but it's not Zeus. It's Jupiter. So you can't it, say that Persephone. It could be a prototype. Yes. It could be a prototype. It okay. could be an earlier one, but Persephone's not named. And there's so much debate on that because Dionysus, right? In linear, exactly. In linear B, there's certain words that come together that might represent Kore, which is like, okay, well, if there's Kore, where's kind of the mom, what else is happening? And if Dionysus is named, the mythology behind Dionysus in one topic is that Zeus and Persephone, you know, father Dionysus. So then it's kind of like, where, where's the missing, you know, divine feminine here? That's so there's no linguistic representation of Persephone. So we have unfortunately no evidence. we have no evidence. And that is in the linguistic side. Yeah. So yeah. there's nothing to say um, this is this, and nobody's arguing. In fact, it is highly controversial. I can see that being controversial because the Dionysus of it all, and it's like that is really interesting there, but there is no evidence. So like we always say, like, if there's no evidence, there's no it evidence is or it is not <laughs> like, it's just exactly. So after you take out the linguistic side, let's look at the art. So at the site of Mycenae, there is a fresco that is termed the maiden or the priestess with the sheaves. So it's a upper bust of a woman the bottom part of her body has unfortunately been lost to time and as i'm talking i'm going to send it to you chelsea okay. um but uh she has been thought to be persephone or demeter on the basis of the fact that this individual is carrying sheaves of wheat so everybody wants to say that because this individual has ties to perhaps agriculture that they are the early prototype to Persephone and Demeter. Right, because of the wheat. Which, but, but you can't say that because it's not actually documented. There's no evidence. It's not documented. All I have is artwork to go off of. And I only have the top part of this individual. Um, and we oh, know it's a high-ranking woman because of the uh, hat that she's wearing. That actually is found on a lot of Aegean sphinxes. So we know that she is a high-ranking female. She has to do with, you know, spirituality. She has to do with religious rights, um, mythical beings, that kind of stuff. But people 
say that this is Persephone or Demeter. But you can't say that because once again, there's no evidence besides. There's literally, I have the upper part of a body. That's yeah, it. You, and you can't definit- definitively say that that's Persephone or Demeter. Like there is no actual exactly. evidence. So people that are I, making I, claims, they're making it because this person that came at me in my comment section was making it like there were actual, there was actual evidence about this. And they based it off of one author, like one person that was investigating this, but you can't say it is, or it is not like there. It just, we don't know. And that, that I think is something that needs to be kind of hammered in with anthropology, archeology, span art history is we don't know. And that's okay. It is okay to come to inconclusive stuff. That's fine. This could be another deity. This could just be a, a deity that they had a loss. And that's, deity. there's so many of them. That's who I'm going to jump into next. So a lot, and if you ask any Aegean archaeologist, if you ask any Bronze Age specialist, um, I could get some colleagues on here to also just quote or talk about this. But in the Bronze Age religious aspects, there's not so many different divinities. In my personal professional opinion, it seems like there is one main mother goddess figure who has different aspects. Okay. Um, and I can show you another one of her um, from Don't the they island practice of- that in Hinduism as well, where there is one mother goddess and then there's other different aspects. Um, because I don't study Hinduism. I know I don't either, but I'm pretty sure I I'm not a Hinduism expert, but I thought that's how I understood it. But it, it's, I don't, I don't think that's really uncommon where you have like a one mother divinity that has different aspects, but if I'm wrong, someone correct me. I, I'll look it up later. <laughs> I'll look um, it up. No, that's fine. So um, this goddess can also be seen on the Island of Santorini. I'm trying to find a good restoration. Here we go. A good restoration photo. Um, and we'll post these on Instagram, like these photos that we're talking about. Um, so you can see like, there's only one, like 10 sent me a picture of a half of body So you can't say that's Persephone. Mm-hmm. So the one I just sent you, she's been termed the Pontia Theron, which is just kind of the mother goddess. And that's really all we can say for the Island of Crete for, you know, Theron's all of that kind of stuff is there is a mother goddess divinity who might have other aspects, aspects of war, aspects of the underworld. Right. And in Minoan and Cretan archaeology, there is a goddess of the caves, which means that she has ties to perhaps an underworld. There is a goddess of the mountains who is found on Mount Yachtus and has a shrine up there. There are different divinities, even on seal and signet rings that are made in pure gold. Does that mean that that's Demeter or Persephone? Absolutely not. And I hate, and you can look this up online. You can pull up Wikipedia right now. If you pull up Wikipedia for Persephone, you will see some Minoan signet rings that are like, this is Persephone. Absolutely not. It is what we term the Potnia Theron, the mother goddess. She also goes by the name of the mistress of animals and her counterpart would be the master of animals. And that is also just an art historical term of a woman who is surrounded by animal attendants, usually one on either side, but she does have domain and rule over agriculture, flora, fauna, all of that kind of stuff. This is so crazy because I see people all the time trying to say that Persephone is a Mycenaean divinity. And it's like, I'm, I'm always, I was always curious. I'm like, uh, I'm not doubting, like I, I am doubting, but I'm not like, it could be a thing, but 
there is no actual evidence. So it can or cannot be. So yeah, it's like, you can't say something like that with conviction unless you're a hundred percent sure. And there is archeology span and history to back it up. Exactly. And a lot of times it's not just with Persephone, like, um, in Cyprus, where I dug, a lot of people say that's where the goddess Aphrodite met her lover, Adonis. And while that may hold true, the real story is the Wanox, which translates to Lord or master, met the Wanasa, so lady. And people have attributed it later on in the geometric and the classical period to Aphrodite and Adonis. And that's why this land was fertile. So was it actually legit? Was that actually what the ancient people were doing? Unless I have evidence, I can't say yes or no. Yeah, right. It's there's no answer. And I think I think that's hard for people because like it's hard for me because it's like, what do you mean you don't know? Like, how do we not know these things? But it's it's frustrating, I'm sure, as an archaeologist, it must be oh. frustrating for you when you don't come to a conclusion, but you just have to say we can't, there is no answer. And that that is a valid answer is to be like here's all of the evidence of one through 10. Here's my conclusion based upon this. But you have to also say we can't rule out X, Y, and Z. But from this evidence that we have, we can say that Persephone is absent. We can say that my professional opinion, there's nothing saying this is Persephone in the Mycenaean period. Right, because there's nothing to support that. But I think that's okay. I think like- we need to get more comfortable with, and I might be diving into a different topic, like saying that we're wrong, saying that there is no evidence, saying that we have no answer. Um, I think everyone always wants to be right, or they always want to be like, yeah, I know everything, but it's okay to admit that you're wrong. It's okay to say that you don't know everything. Like I'm learning alongside of everybody in this podcast. That's why I'm out here. I'm like interviewing 10, asking the the questions that I'm sure everyone's like, what do you mean by script? <laughs> um, so I think it's okay to sit here and be like, and 10 doesn't know everything either. So it's like, it's okay. I don't know. <laughs> you just happen to specialize in this. That's why we're like, all right, we're talking about it today. Um, and I found this to be very fascinating and interesting. And I also think it's a very different take on Persephone because everyone knows who Persephone is. So when people were asking us to do this podcast episode, um, we really wanted to go from like a misconceptions and things you might see on the internet. Um, about this, like these two really big stories that people are claiming are true, which one of them was just superimposing Roman gods and erasing culture. And the other one was just, you can't say it is or is not. So we know yeah. who Persephone is. Everyone knows who Persephone is. So yeah. And, and if you remove Persephone, that's, that's kind of the same in anything. Like even in divination, people will see what they want to see. They want to find those answers. Early archaeologists will see what they want to see, and that is also documented. You can look up Heinrich Schliemann, who dug Mycenae. You can look at Sir Arthur Evans, who dug up Knossos. They are going to put their own biases in it, and that's okay for us modern-day scholars and podcasters to comment on and to re-educate people while doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's it's okay to not no, I it's okay. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay yeah. to be wrong. Um, speaking of being wrong, I want to make a quick right turn. Um, because I think this is going to conclude like Persephone. Honestly, if you're interested in Persephone, she's really well documented. Um, just do a quick Google search. You will find her theo.com. I love that, but just be careful because there's Roman, um, there's Roman information in there. So I will also, before you take that right turn, I'm going to press on the break really quick. Um, Theoi at one point or another did pick up that Persephone creating mankind story. Yes. So 
don't always trust COI. Try to get another website that is government backed and is also doing it from scholars who are translating these sources and see if you can cross-reference things. Don't just take one sign as a yes. Try and shoot for two or three. That way you know it to be true. It's kind of like when I tell my students when they're doing research papers, like, okay, if you can tell me like that Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492, show it to me three times and that's how you know it's true. Like, right, from like an actual source. Exactly. And if you can't get primary documents, get secondary doc, get secondary right. documents. Like it's okay. Yeah. This is why we say like when people ask for, they ask me all the time for references, for resources. It's like, it's really hard for us as creators because it takes a lot of time and effort. And then we have to go back and dig into this, make sure we're giving you the right information. So anyway, we, we used to do all of that on our old Patreon. Um, it is really hard. It's really hard. So it's luckily so we hard. have today who specializes in this to be like, no, 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 this is what we know. And this is what we don't know. And guess what? It's inconclusive and that's fine. Yeah. But, um, you know, just do your due diligence when researching. Um, but yeah, okay. Going into a right turn, hard right turn, hard right turn. This just pops into my head. I don't think we talked about Screech. this. Um, I want to talk about being wrong, like Let's being wrong it. as spiritualists, being wrong in some conclusions that you come up with when you're researching. Um, you know, I, our last slide we talked about, I know a lot of people, I, found this refreshing where we talked about how we've been wrong before in readings. And it wasn't like we were a hundred percent wrong. It's like, we've picked up on the wrong energy or sometimes people just don't resonate with you as a reader. And I just want to say as someone who gets pretty accurate readings, because I can see and hear, and I am a trained psychic medium, I have been wrong at the beginning of my practice. Like I have been very wrong. Yeah. And that's okay. I, I think that's, I I've literally been wrong. I've counted it. And it's the worst thing in the world to admit to yourself that you've yes. been wrong in a reading to a client. I've been wrong five times. And it happens to me at the very beginning of my practice where you're mischanneling someone else's ancestry line. Um, someone's not resonating with you as a reader. You don't hit the nail on the head in your tarot reading. And I just want to say that I think like as creators and personas on the internet, it's okay to say that you're wrong. And most people don't. And I don't know why I think we need to normalize that. And I want to thank you for bringing up this topic because I think that being able to come out here and say, I was wrong. And here's what I learned from it. That is the definition of accountability. Like, oh, and yeah. not hyping yourself up onto a pedestal that, you know, you're above others doing this, you know, shows that, you know, we're not these kind of, you know, personalities who are like, I don't want to say like, I've seen some crazy things with people calling creators gods on social oh media. Like, what? no, we are two girls who just happen to have an interest in mythology, spirituality, divination of the ancient practices. So like, it's okay to be wrong. I've been wrong in readings. I picked up the wrong energy. And as a medium, it's okay to do that. I picked up on what I thought was a grandmother. Turns out it was a great aunt. So the sister of the grandmother. So, and that's okay because you're still picking up on that energy and you're still giving correct information on wh who you're seeing and that fit. Did I get the correct title of the individual? No, but did I describe their great aunt perfectly? Absolutely, I did. So it's okay to be it wrong. Is, it is okay. And I've learned that too, as a psychic medium where I, I haven't been like a hundred percent wrong in my reading, but I've picked up on the wrong, 
like line. I wasn't sure who I was channeling. Oh no. And I've mischanneled before I've, I've channeled somebody else's like, like sister. And it, it was not my clients and I don't know, but I learned from it. So now when we go to teach mediumship courses, these are things that like you and I can teach. And like, I've learned what to do now to make sure I am channeling for that person's line, because sometimes spirits get excited. And like this, I swear, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my story. Cause I don't care. I don't give a fuck. I've been wrong before. Um, I channeled her one of my clients and I was getting like the sister energy. And she kept telling me like, I don't have a sister. I'm like, okay, is it a cousin? Is it an aunt? And completely, it was like two trains passing by in the night. I could not get her reading done for her. I had to refund her. I was like, I'm so sorry. I can't read for you. Like I'm not picking up, I'm picking up yeah. this energy and it's not for you. So she was like laughing about it. She's like, you were so confident in like the way you were channeling that she was like, you must've been channeling somebody. I'm like, I was, they were showing me like breast cancer symbols, like all these things. I find out it was a client that had booked with me and then canceled. So it's like the spirits got confused oh, yeah. energy. This person had picked up their time slot and it's like, I, I know what I need to do now, but I messed up. I did mess up and I, and that, but I felt terrible. And that's okay. I've messed up academically. Uh, when I was studying for my doctoral exams, I sent my advisor and committee uh, essays that I was writing to practice for my exams. And I remember getting ripped to shreds one time because they're like, well, my advisor at the time was like, you missed X, Y, and Z. Um, you're getting completely different archaeological results because you're not seeing these big authors who have just published. And it's like, oh my God, like I, that's on me. Like I didn't realize that new stuff was coming out. I didn't realize that, you know, things had also been changing and that's fine. And, you know, as a medium picking up on different things, if you have the gift of mediumship and you are going to book with somebody who is a medium, you should not have to tell them who you want to talk to. Please, please talk about it. Please. I'm just going to say it for this. Okay. If people claim to see and hear they should not be asking you for the spirit that you think is reaching out to you. And I'm, I'm going to say this straight up. There's a lot of people that I see. They're like, oh, I can see yeah. in here and I'm channeling perfectly. They, you, they should not be asking what spirit is reaching out to you. There are some people that do ask that because they're not clairaudient and they can't see in here. So they're just confirming for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. Also on mediumship, most mediums practice like this, most professional mediums. You should not have to tell me the spirit that you want to speak to. You know why? Because I am not in charge of the spiritual plane. Spirit is going to tell me who needs to be speaking. We don't get to decide this on the physical plane. They do. So I, there's nothing I hate more. And I saw someone do this recently. And I was like, that's how I know you're not legit because you're telling the dead what to do. And that is not correct. We don't, we don't own the dead. We don't tell them what to do. They don't work for us. We actually work for them. Absolutely. We work do. for them. And I feel like if, I feel like if somebody is saying, you have to tell me who I'm looking for, that person is exploiting the deceased and perhaps even exploiting somebody who's going through grief. Right. Yes. And if yes. somebody is saying, oh, I'll do a reading for you. If you are interested in, let's say deity work and you get a deity confirmation, right? If you've had Chelsea and I, you're like, cool. I don't need to input anything other than my personal information and an email address where it's going to get sent to. Cool. We don't ask you because we can see in here. We don't ask you which divinity is coming in or where you think, or which pantheon is coming in. Cause they'll come barging in our house and be like, 
hi, it's me, Sekhmet, or hi, it's me, Anubis, hi, it's me, um, Ball, it's me, Pontnia Theron, it's anybody like that. And if people have to ask you, and they say that they can see and hear, I would question that. That's all I'm going to say. Go to them if you feel drawn to them. Go to them if you want to have a reading done. They might be somebody that you really kind of like coincide with. You like their energy, their vibe, blah, 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 blah. Great. But a little red flag warning that if you have to give basically a tome of information about what you're looking for, that person is going to give you a biased and skewed reading because they are going to be looking into their divination to see what you want to see. A hundred percent. And that's why I don't ask for anything in my readings. And granted some people do in deity confirmations, and I'm not saying that's wrong, but if someone's claiming that they can channel perfectly and they can see and hear on the spiritual plane, they shouldn't be asking that because then they're, they're not seeing and hearing. And I see it all the time and everyone wants to claim that. Um, and it doesn't make you special if you can or cannot, like it's everyone reads differently and that's okay. And I think we need to normalize that. Like mm-hmm. not everyone is clairaudient. Not everyone can see spirits. Everyone has a different gift and it doesn't mean you can't do deity confirmation just because you can't see in here, but don't play it off. Like you can, when you're asking people for information up front. I also don't like that with mediumship. It really bothers me. And that shows me that the person doesn't do validation of spirit. Um, we call it spirit validation. It is when you're a trained professional psychic medium, and we're going to be teaching about this, you get validation from a spirit. So this is what happens when I'm going into a mediumship reading. I don't ask for the spirit. I don't ask their name. I don't want to know anything about you because I want you to be skeptical of me. I want to prove you wrong. Like that's what I do. Every time I go into a mediumship reading, I want to give you so much evidence that you're like, holy fuck. Like she is talking to my mother, like, Mm -hmm. and spirit will give me information that only you would know. And if you've been on our mediumship events, you see that we get evidence. It's called being an evidential psychic medium where we will get evidence to show you there's only certain things you would know, um, that we would never know about you. And that is what makes people believe and spirits do it. So if you have to tell people, I'm sorry, but they're not a trained professional psychic medium. Yeah. And uh, it's just kind of like, just be aware. Um, because it seems to be on the internet. Everybody wants to be, um, kind of like who, who they look up to. Everybody wants to be able to see spirits on the spiritual plane. Everybody wants to be a medium. Everybody wants to do this, this, and this, and this, which is great, but you know, use the gifts that you have. Don't try and be somebody that you're not. You are meant to be who you are. I said, use the gifts that you have. Yeah. Everybody has them. We all have them. We all do. And doesn't mean that you can't do what anyone else is doing. I mean, maybe if you're not a medium, you don't, you don't do mediumship, but Um, you might be able to do other things. Like there are people that are healers. There are people that are really intuitive tarot readers. There are people that specialize in ancestors. There are people that specialize in spirit guides. Um, maybe you don't do any of that. Maybe you just don't do any, do any spiritual work at all because you don't feel called to do it. That's fine. Um, but I just think, yeah, everyone's always trying to like put themselves into this box and I'm this and I'm that. And it's like, all right, we're, we're, you know, we're okay. But moral of the story is it's okay to be wrong. Um, we talked about red flags and readers before. So if you feel like you have to give information, like people send me their date of birth, I don't need your date of birth. Some readers do. And that's okay. I'm not saying that's wrong. Um, cause some people pick up on like the astrological planetary movements in your chart. Um, but since I'm not an astrology girl, 
I, I wouldn't know what to do with that. <laughs> oh God. I would not know what to do with your birthday and I'm not going to remember it. Cause I can't even remember people's names. So don't I think I'd be like, happy, happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> I think happy that's birthday. it. Um, but for me as a reader, I like vagueness as possible. I don't want you to tell me anything. I also like to like prove myself. I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure this shit out. It's like a math equation for me. So. <laughs> oh my God. Like, and if you've ever, ever had a reading with me, I've cracked up during a reading because I, I use tarot cards as visual representations because I'm a visual learner myself. Same. Um, some people can be auditory learners, which means I can just jibber jabber at you all day and you retain that, which props to you. But I like to use tarot because it's perfect reflection of the messages that I'm receiving. And I will always laugh my butt off in a reading if whoever's coming in has their identifier fly out and they are making fun of themselves in the way that I know. And a great one is, let's say, Lucifer's coming in, the devil will come out. And it's just like, you sly man. <laughs> yeah, he's always the um, star card of the devil because he likes to make fun of his uh, wrong mythology. Um, Lucifer is the god of light and knowledge, by the way. For those of you that don't know, he's best found um, in Roman times. And I am going to talk about this on Patreon. So don't worry for everyone's like, when's she going to talk about it? I'm, I'm gearing up. This was Tens White Whale, Persephone. Mine is going to be exonerating Lord Lucifer's name because I'm tired of everybody saying he's the Christian devil because one, he isn't, he's different than Satan. He's a completely different being and he was demonized. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about demons. Um, expand your mind a little bit. Not everything is as you see. We don't believe in good and evil here. We believe in neutrality and that's how it was in paganism. So it's okay if you do believe in that, but that is a Christian belief and that's not everyone's belief. So anyway. Anyway, I, I can't because imagine if we put these, this together in one podcast, like you did your white whale, then it was me. We'd be here for like 15 hours. Oh my God. Like, I feel like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, did I tell it? Did I do everything? Did in I this do- essay, I will. Like, that's did I, I did I prove my point? Like, did, I, I feel like I literally went like academic blackout mode and I just like came to, and I'm just like, did, did I say anything like did I make sense? Like, Oh, you did. You did. I, I was asking all the questions because I think like you were just popping off and I was like, I need to make sure I'm understanding because I got lost at one point with the script. And I was like, Oh, she means writing. She means writing. Okay. We're no, good. We're thank good. you. If I go into like academic blackout where I just go on a rant, I forget the audience is not everybody knows, you know, everything that I'm talking about. And I have to slow down and take a breath and be like, okay, I have to talk about this. Like I'm talking to my husband, like I'm talking to Chelsea. Yeah, no, that's why I made you do the timeline. Cause I was like, okay. And where are these people falling in the time zone? Where, where are we now on the, in, in the world? Because I don't know. I don't fucking know. Like, where are we? Um, but- Maybe I'll make, um, I'll actually make a chronology timeline for Greece and I'll put it in Patreon. Yeah, that'll be cool. And then I also think these two pictures too, um, we can put. Oh yeah, yeah. Instagram. Um, but I know a lot of people are listening to this podcast and they want to hear the stories of Hades and Persephone. We're not talking about that today. We're going to get in depth. Like we wanted to get in depth, talk about misconceptions. I think we might do that going forward with deities, um, that are very well documented and you can find anywhere on the internet. So, um, yeah, we want to debunk, reeducate, and not just kind of like talk into the podcast and say verbatim word for word the Homeric hymn to Demeter because what is that going to do for everybody it's going to do it's giving nothing so 
yeah. Anyway, um, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Six and Bones. By the way, speaking of Hades and Persephone, we have a pomegranate candle for them in our shop. If you're interested, it's spelled for love to help with relationships, communications, etc. You don't have to be working with Hades and Persephone to buy the candle. Everything in our store, anyone can buy. Um, it's just inspired by them. And oh my God, the best, our best seller. I don't know. I, I shouldn't say I don't know why, but it's the Hades and Persephone Underworld Veil. Like everyone loves that shit. Um, it's coming back in stock, so don't worry. The Veil and the Roller Man. It gets me every time. But yeah, to everybody, thank you for listening. Haters from outside the club, keep listening. Um, and thanks for letting me use my degree for once. <laughs> yeah, no, this was awesome. I also learned a lot too. So um, we hope we didn't like <laughs> jumble your brain too much. I hope I didn't bore anybody. And if I did, I apologize. <laughs> no, I don't apologize because honestly, like when you're trying to study Persephone, these are things that you do need to know because it's it, these are, like you said, on theo.com like they did take that story and they ran with it the original one about zeus and dionysus etc and it's not true so triple check cross-reference cross-reference um i need to remind myself too so we hope everyone has a good day um wait a minute when is this podcast episode dropping hold on hold on hold on oh my god the next episode we record i'm gonna be 30 ah i'm gonna throw up (laughs) we're all turning 30 or it'll be like the day before my 30th birthday. Maybe we should record. No, we shouldn't record on my birthday. Maybe we'll record after my birthday so I can. Yes. You can I, fill us in on how you feel. Because we're all, we're all turning 30. Is it going to be shadow work? I don't know. Am I just going to cry? Maybe. Um, but okay. We hope you have a really good day and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Oh, don't forget to join Bye. our Patreon. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>